is thinking about how can we build a movement and how can we brand that movement and then use that strategy. Welcome to your personal branding podcast with Bernard Kelvin Clive, your number one career and business podcast in Ghana, bringing you expert interviews and insights into personal branding, personal development, and publishing. Now, here's your host, Bernard Kelvin Clive. All right, listeners, welcome to another edition of your personal branding podcast. This is your host, Bernard Kelvin Clive. And today we're delving into the subjects of branding and social impact post COVID. What should brand businesses, agencies do uh, in the digital space regarding their brands and their business? How do you survive? How do you thrive? How do you make sure you are top of mind and using all the strategies to ensure that your brand becomes still the go-to brand post COVID and whatever happens on that one? My special guest today is Eric Ressler. Eric is the founder and creative director at Cosmic, a social impact creative agency. So Eric will walk us through the process. What do we need to do um, in the future of digital, future of digital brand, future of uh, social impact? What do, you, what do you must do now in the digital storefront so that you don't um, be left out? Eric, uh, welcome to the Personal Branding Podcast Show. Very nice to be here. It's uh, a pleasure. Thank you. Awesome. Eric, uh, so over the years, we've been helping brands as an agency to, I mean, position their brand, develop um, creative content here and there. Uh, what is one thing that stands out in all the things that you've been doing? I think the thing that really stands out to us is making sure that when you're thinking about branding and you're thinking about finding your niche in an ecosystem, you really have to stand out and have a strong perspective and really a lot of clarity around your focus. I think one of the things that we see a lot is that people get, they might start somewhere and have a path. And then as time progresses and as they see opportunities, they start to lose focus a little bit. And we see this with, you know, all different types of organizations, including nonprofits and social impact organizations. And really what we've seen be more successful and kind of the starting point in building a successful brand and really attracting the audience that you're trying to attract is starting with having a really clear focus and something that you stand for and something that you can kind of put a stake in the ground around. All right, so the first thing to do in branding and uh, in, in all this is that you, you need to have a clear focus. You need to have your why clarified so that you know what to do right from the beginning. Yeah, absolutely. And I think with the social impact space, if we want to talk about that space for a little bit, a lot of times these organizations have a real clear mission or vision and they're working towards that. But then they start to find that there's roadblocks along the way, whether it's, you know, issues with resources or funding or issues with trying to figure out how to connect with people that they need to connect with. And so they end up, you know, either getting mission creep or getting set back and then they're drawn towards finding and exploring other paths and they lose sight of their original purpose of their mission. And so, yeah, it really does start with figuring out how do you fit in the larger social impact ecosystem and what niche can you carve out that you can really specialize in and own and become an expert in within your space? And then how can you partner with other people or organizations or influencers or activists to kind of fill any gaps that you might have that you're not best fit to kind of help out with? Okay, so there are a couple of things that one must uh, consider in, in the social impact space, especially regarding branding, that the first rehashed again that you, your focus need to be clarified but along the way you also need to focus on as, as I said the clarity you need to also find a niche 
I, I, need, I, I want to speak to the next, next actor before we move on to partnership and also finding influencers to expand the brand and the business. So one, once your focus is clar- clarified in the space, then how do you find, boil down to a smaller niche or a niche that you think is more really bang that you can really do a, drive home your passion and your, your vision to be fulfilled? Yeah, so I think there's kind of two things there. So finding the niche may be something that happens kind of from the beginning or it may be something that as you start to go down a path, you realize that there's an opportunity for a different niche. And that's actually what happened with us. We started out as a more general agency at Cosmic doing a lot of work with B2B brands, B2C brands. We're in Silicon Valley, so we did a lot of work with startups. And we realized that we needed to find our own niche. We ended up working in this social impact space. We'd done work in the space uh, for many years, but we did that alongside this B2B work and B2C work. And we realized that this, there was a real opportunity. Certainly there were other people already serving this niche, but it really made sense for us to kind of double down on that and start to really dig in and learn and, and listen and figure out what were the needs in that niche and how could we best serve them. And I think regardless of whether or not you're a social impact organization, a nonprofit, a social enterprise or a profit driven organization, finding that niche that you can really own and you can bring something unique to the table that no one else is bringing and figuring out your unique perspective is kind of the starting point. And then secondly, in the social impact space, I think even the concept of brand sometimes isn't um, something that's thought about too much or mm-hmm. it's confused with just, oh, you know, I've got a logo and I've got some some colors and, you know, so I've got a brand. Yeah. And I think one of the things that we think a lot about in, in social impact is what does a brand really mean? And, and what does it mean to have a strong brand? What does it mean to build a brand? And at the end of the day, I think branding is really about building a reputation and making a promise to the people that you serve and then coming through on that promise consistently in your actions and your decisions and your communications. And it's something that needs to be built and then nurtured, right? You can't just launch something, launch a brand, and then it sits there. It needs to be thought of more like a garden that needs to be tended to, it needs to be fed. And so I think there are kind of two sides of the same coin is figuring out what your niche is and then building a brand around that niche. All right, so um, one of the key take home is that you need to begin with a clear focus and why to begin with. However, in the beginning, if it's still generic and quite general, you don't need to be so scared and afraid. With time, you can boil it down, you can niche it down and find a more profitable niche or more an area where you can meet their needs or there may be some other opportunity that will develop along the way. So in the beginning, it's ideal to have a very clear focus and even uh, and pinpoint it down. But if it's not so, you can still begin and in the journey, you may, you may fine tune your version and get your brand world discovered along the way. Are we right on the same path? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that happens a lot. I mean, certainly there are some organizations that understand and discover their niche right from the very beginning and they're, and they're right. And they just need to work on, on kind of building out expertise and experience around that niche. But I think that that's by far the less common, um, situation. I think more often, folks have an idea around the direction that they want to go in and then they start down that path and then they see, um, you know, an, an opportunity to refine and to iterate and to improve and to kind of double down in a direction. So as an example, as an organization, you may realize that you, you really want to 
focus on, um, you know, solving hunger as an issue if you're a social impact organization. And you may start down that path in a certain region or with a certain approach. And as you begin, you learn and you, you realize where there's um, pitfalls in your strategy. You see new opportunities, the world changes and, um, you know, the situation changes. And so you need to iterate. And then over time you realize, oh, maybe there's an opportunity to um, find a new approach or a new methodology or another partner that can do this part for us so that we can focus on the part that we're best at. So a lot of it comes down to really playing to your strengths, understanding what you're good at, building out capacity around that, and then building a brand around all of that. Well, can, you, can you pick an example of one of the one of clients, how you help them I mean, clarify their vision and build their brand, especially those who come to you who don't have clear focus on their brand, especially they know what they want to do and all that, but they are not even looking at the brand expert of their digital presence. Any specific example you can walk us through that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's so many, but one that pops into mind right now for me is a nonprofit um, based here in California called the Lakota People's Law Project. And they exist to protect and preserve the Lakota people, which is an indigenous group of people here in the United States. And um, when they started the program, it started quite organically. Um, they, it's a program of an, another organization called the Romero Institute that has a few different programs. And they saw some issues around um, what was happening with the Dakota Access Pipeline. And they're an advocacy-focused organization. And they wanted to start to bring some of their, their legal expertise and some of their um, coalition building in order to help protect and preserve the lands and the water, especially of the Dakota people that was threatened by this pipeline project. And so they started quite organically just by putting some petitions together and starting to build a list and asking their supporters to take some actions to email representatives. But they didn't have a very strong brand to build because it was something they just started. It was just an idea. They kind of just dove in organically out of a kind of, um, you know, a higher purpose around wanting to protect these people. And as they started to see success, they realized it was time to invest in the brand and invest in their communications and invest in their digital experiences so that all of those things could enhance their ability to create more impact and um, help protect the Lakota people and preserve their culture in more ways. So when we worked with them, we kind of started as we typically do with a lot of discovery and learning and listening and kind of understanding, you know, A, the culture of Lakota people and diving into that because although we had some understanding, we certainly weren't experts there. And then B, understanding what has the organization done to date? What is the opportunity and where are the goals and kind of what's the desired future state of where they're wanting to go? And then really digging into what's their niche in the ecosystem. You know, they're an advocacy brand, but what's their strategy for advocacy and how can we build a brand and a message and a story and then all of the kind of extensions of that in a way that can actually help create more real world positive impact through the brand that we're building and through the digital experiences that we're building. So that was a few years ago. And over the years, we've been working with them uh, more and more to help them build on a strong foundation. And it started by taking these cultural symbols and, and values from the actual Lakota people's um, symbols and values and translating that into a modern brand, both visually in terms of the um, message and what they're saying as a brand. And then the digital experiences that are commonly more and more these days, especially how your supporters are interacting with your brand. And we've been building on that ever since. And it's been quite successful in terms of 
creating real world impact. Um, they're able to grow and build their base of support. And then now we're building out um, an action center on their, their um, digital hub, which allows them to drive their supporters to take actions like volunteer or donate or spread the word or email representatives to actually shape policy that can protect the Lakota people further. Oh, that's, that's kind of huge and a whole lot. Now, in, in that space, what are some of the things that you realize that um, uh, organizations, social impact organizations are missing out in the area of their branding? Yeah, I mean, it really depends. But across the board, I think there's, um, and for good reason, by the way, there's an underinvestment and undervaluing of the brand. I think in the social impact space, especially, people get really focused on doing the work and as, as they should, right? Because doing the work is really important. Doing the program work, you know, the boots on the ground stuff, especially if you're a direct relief organization where you're providing, um, you know, food or resources to underserved populations, or even if you're an organization that's trying to affect policy, it's really easy to get blinders on and focus just on the day-to-day work. And and that's, I think, true in other spaces as well, but especially true in the social impact space. And a lot of times, um, people within these organizations, they don't necessarily have a lot of experience with building brands or communications or uh, messaging. And so they need help either with internal folks or with um, partner organizations like Cosmic to come in and and partly educate them on the value of brand. And one of the things that we believe strongly, and we've seen it over and over again, is that investing in branding and communications is an impact multiplier. A lot of times it's thought of as a cost or an expense that could otherwise go to that program work or director. I want you to speak to that because most of the time the organizations don't want to invest in their branding. They think it's just an, just an expenditure. It's something that's going to cost them, but they talk, they speak to that aspect so that they can get it well properly. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think we, we see that all the time and, and sometimes there's good reasons, right? They might have funding that's restricted to a particular program. So they literally, even if they do believe and understand in the value of brand building, their, their hands are tied. Um, but other times there is, uh, yeah, it's thought of as an expense. It's thought of as overhead or cost. Mm-hmm. And it really needs to be realized as an investment. And yeah. it's a long play. It's not something that, you know, there's certainly times where it can pay off instantly. But you are, you know, the, the concept of brand building and that term even speaks to the fact that it's a process that it takes time. And I, that's kind of why I like the garden metaphor and use that as my go-to because yeah, if you plant a garden right away, you get some value out of it, but it often takes time and energy and effort before you can really reap what you sow. And so I think with the social impact space, there's kind of multiple barriers that need to be overcome before people can understand and start to see value from building a strong brand. And it really starts with education around realizing the potential of brand building and and what it can do to further your impact. And what we've seen is when we can help people, A, understand the value and then B, overcome the the hurdles and start to, um, you know, carve out a brand and start to build it and start to, to nurture it it rises all of the boats, right? So everything that they're working on suddenly starts to click and come together and coalesce. And brand building can also really motivate and unify and inspire a team and get them all on the same page and rowing in the same direction. And so there's so many benefits to all of it. And it really starts with just educating people who might not understand all of the potential benefits of brand building. 
Awesome. So, um, I'd like to address this, that what could philanthropists do to help social impact organizations improve their ability to reach more supporters, diversity their funding, that's very important, their funding, and advocate for issues they care most about. So how could philanthropists help them in that area, especially speaking to the funding experts too? Yeah, I mean, I think there's there's good progress happening here. So that's the good news. But traditionally, a lot of funding, especially institutional funding from foundations uh, in the form of grants, have been restricted, right? So they get a grant for a particular initiative or a program, and those funds can only be spent on that particular initiative or program. And what this leads to in the nonprofit space, especially, um, is this concept of kind of a starvation cycle. So these organizations don't have the true their true costs and their true needs covered through their funding, regardless of whether or not it's all through donations or grants or service or some kind of combination, which is the most common. And so they're constantly under-resourced and then they have to make tough choices and they're, they're not able to really fully realize their impact because of that. And so the biggest thing that philanthropists can do to help these organizations is provide unrestricted funding to find organizations that they believe in, that they see are effective and that they trust and then to give them the right amount of money that they need and trust them to spend it effectively rather than try and micromanage. And it doesn't mean that they can't be part of that impact. It doesn't mean that they are hands off, but it's a, it's something about trust. And what's really interesting to me is that we come from working with B2C and B2B brands in an earlier version of our agency. And there's a, there's kind of a parallel model in the startup world of venture capital coming in and funding startups. And in that situation, they build a fund around a business that they believe in and they figure out what the right costs are and then they fund it, but it's not restrictive to, you know, the business can spend the money how they best see fit. And there's certainly, you know, a little bit of oversight. There's usually a business plan and oftentimes the venture capital group or funding partner will come in and help advise on how to spend the funds. But the concept of restricted fundings is fairly unique to the social impact space, and it really holds these organizations back. And we're starting to see the tides turn. A lot more um, institutional foundations and funders are starting to realize the value of unrestricted funding and true cost funding. But honestly, that's the biggest thing that philanthropists can do is find organizations that they trust fund them at the right and appropriate amount and then trust them to do the work effectively without requiring, um, you know, really arduous reporting and um, micromanaging and oversight that really takes them away from being able to fo- focus on doing the work and gives them the resource- resources that they need to cover their overhead and their true costs of running the organization effectively. In times like this, in trying times like this, post-COVID, that are limited funds, how can an organization and nonprofit use branding as a tool or a strategy to help them get in more, I mean, funds or to run or to grow their businesses? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I want to start just by kind of recognizing that this is a really difficult time for, for a lot of people. And it's especially sure. difficult in the social impact space because what's happening is a lot of these social impact organizations, especially the ones that are providing direct relief or are um, directly involved in um, the recovery efforts or the, you know, the healthcare side of this, they're so heavily impacted right now with more demand than ever. You know, even here in America, one of the wealthiest nations on the globe, there are more and more people going hungry, needing relief um, with food or supplies for, um, you know, caretaking for children, et cetera. 
And at the same time, because of the economic uncertainty, um, you know, if this is anything like the last financial crisis, then, um, you know, large donors aren't writing as many checks to these organizations. So they're getting squeezed on both ends. So it's a really challenging time. And I do think that there's an opportunity for branding to be a part of the solution there. Right. And I think in a couple of different ways, I think one of the things that we've really been circling around lately is that we're, we've basically entered a new era and we've been working towards it since the dawn of the internet, but it's been really coalescing in the last 10 years, especially. And that era is an information era. And yeah. it's no, the, the, you know, the scarcity is no longer knowledge. The scarcity at this point is attention. It's really mm-hmm. difficult to capture and sustain attention in 2020. And so branding can be a really effective way to kind of cut through that noise and get attention. And getting attention is the first step in sharing your ideas, getting people to know that you exist, connecting with folks in your audience and who could become part of your network that can lead to pathways and opportunities for more funding or partnerships or support. And I think all that really starts with having a strong brand. And I use brand with a capital B there, not just a good logo (laughs) and good colors and nice art in your digital experiences. Obviously, that's important, too. But it comes right back to the beginning of carving out your niche in your ecosystem, having something that you stand for, having a unique perspective or approach that that really just kind of stands out from everyone else in the space and at a certain level can kind of compete with some of the most um, entertaining and alluring parts of our digital culture. Like, you know, one of the things that we think about a lot is that for any organization, but especially for social impact organizations, they're not competing with other social impact organizations for attention so much as they're competing with Twitter and Netflix and Instagram for attention. And so brand building is a good way to, to start to, um, produce a stronger and more interesting signal. And that's going to be the first step in cutting through the noise and getting attention. And then from there you have to, you know, build out strong relationships with your supporters and communication channels so that it's a two-way conversation and not just a one-way conversation. But it all really starts with understanding that attention economy and then figuring out how to break through all of the noise. So, uh, Eric, I want to give us your key three or four things that, I mean, uh, non-profit organizations, social organizations need to do regarding their branding. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so we've covered kind of the first one, which is really understanding, understanding the attention economy and accepting it and not, you know, not thinking that it's not real because it's, it's just becoming more real every day. And there's so much evidence for that. You really just need to, you know, open your eyes and accept it. The second is figuring out what is your niche in the ecosystem. And I'd, I'd encourage everyone in the space to just kind of like check their bias here because a lot of times people think they have that done. And then you start to dig in and you realize there's an opportunity to dig a little bit deeper and to carve out a more specific niche. Um, so that's really the kind of fundamentals. From there, I think it is about um, building out a strong brand and message around that niche. And so figuring out you know, what is your impact story and how are you going to reach supporters and what is the conversation that you'd like to start and the conversation that you have an opportunity to lead? Because I think creating positive change is really all about having a vision for a better future 
and then having a really good way of telling a story about that vision so that other people can see it. Because if people can't see it, then they don't know what you're working towards and they don't know whether or not they want to be part of that vision. And so all of that is really, to me, all part of branding um, and, and having a strong message is part of branding. And then I think today um, with nonprofits, there's such an opportunity to build on that brand and to start to think more like a digital media outlet than a, than a charity, right? And so what that means to me is thinking about how can we find and carve out an audience of supporters and what's our strategy for reaching them, engaging them, and then how can we provide opportunities for them to actually take action, not just donate, but to actually feel like they're part of something. And there's so many different actions that we can ask people to take especially in light of COVID and the global pandemic where people are really stretched thin for, um, for, for money and for resources. There's other things. You can ask people to give time. You can ask people to share. You can ask people to contribute their thoughts and their content to the conversation. And so I think that's kind of the trajectory we like to see with our clients is starting by understanding the attention economy, carving out a niche, building a strong brand and message and then figuring out strategies and tactics through digital channels to engage and activate and build a coalition of support. So from the focus attention, the strategy, the story. So the last part that you mentioned, I think that brands need to, to also build communities around their cause. And that's one of the strong ways I also believe that they can drive us. When, when you make them feel part of something, they're not just donating or give up their time or, or voluntary something, but they feel part of a cause or something that, that they want to, I mean, be part and also support in a way. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think that there's, there's so many examples of that going super well. And it, it really kind of, to me, speaks to this concept of movement building mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. being part of a movement versus being a supporter of an organization. And it's just, it's a, it's kind of a nuanced distinction, but it's, a, it's also a really powerful one because in, in the first where it's a movement, it's something that everyone's moving together and the, you know, the organization is almost secondary to the movement. And you look at this, um, especially with a lot of, you know, grassroots political campaigns where it's people believe more in the ideas than the politician. Um, when it comes to cause-based organizations, people can believe more in the cause or more in the vision than the organization doing the work. And that's really where you want to go and you want it to be a two-way conversation. And so when we're, and I think that there's more organizations who can really think of their cause and their approach as a movement than are doing so today. It's, it's kind of obvious in the political world. It's obvious when you're an advocacy focused organization. But I think even for organizations that are doing work more behind the scenes or who are research-based, there's a movement opportunity around all of that. And I think that it really comes down to enabling and educating your supporters to take action and to be part of the conversation and to contribute and to feel like they're part of it instead of feeling like they're separate from it and they're just giving you resources to do the work that they can actually step in and do their part and contribute as well. And that can look very different. And and there's a million different ways that that can surface. But, um, you know, it can be as simple as, um, especially with the power of social media being uh, leveraged for good, you know, share your perspectives as a supporter, you know, tell your stories, and then the organization can 
curate those and crowdsource those and elevate those and elevate voices that might not, might not otherwise have the opportunity to be elevated. And so getting creative around how can we build a community and a movement and understanding that every community that is functioning and thriving, there's an equal exchange of energy between everyone in the community. No one's giving more than they're taking everyone can come into a kind of um, homeostasis. And so thinking about your supporters as being part of a movement instead of the people that enable you to do the work is a philosophical shift that can make huge change in how you think about running the organization. Yeah. And then parts of the movement, they feel parts and there's mutual benefits in every aspect. So they drive, they help drive the course with ease. Eric, this half my time campaign because um, before we run up, um, what would be your billion dollar advice to still share impact organizations regarding branding? I kind of want to reframe it in, in a little bit because I think brand is part of this. But one of the things that I think is a silver lining around the state of, of the world um, because of COVID and because of other things that are happening right now, we're in a really interesting time um, across the globe. And there are so many opportunities to rebuild the world in a better way. And people are waking up to the injustices across the world. And there, there's a light being shined on all of the cracks in the systems that are, um, you know, not equitable right now. And people are ripe for building a better future. And there's obviously a lot of hardship and there's a lot of constraints. There's a lot of issues happening right now. And at the same time, there's a lot of opportunities to rethink and rebuild the world in a really fundamental revolutionary way right now. And so I would encourage every nonprofit, every social impact organization, any organization really working to create a better, more fair version of the world right now to think big, even though it's really easy to be thinking from a scarcity mindset right now. And I think part of that is thinking about how can we build a movement and how can we brand that movement and then use that strategy to build a coalition of support behind our ideas for a better future and then have a strong foundation to actually move that forward right now. The core thing is to build a movement and use that to drive um, whatever you, you're doing as part of your branding and sort of your business. Um, Eric, where can listeners get in touch with you and all the things that you do? Yeah, I mean, the, the first place to go is to our website, designbycosmic.com. And we publish insights around, um, you know, conversations like this and, you know, various um, topics around branding, communications, digital experiences, all of that good stuff. And so that's really the first place to go. We also have a Twitter account that you can follow us at designbycosmic. And we do publish our insights to LinkedIn on our uh, company page as well, also at designbycosmic. Okay, so Rich Eric and his organization, if you have any need in, in that area, just go to designbycosmic.com and you can reach Eric even directly using Eric at designbycosmic.com. Eric, thank you so much. Thanks, Bernard. It was great to meet you and um, really appreciate you having me as a guest on the podcast. It's a pleasure I treasure.